So the big question is this, how do most agents who don't have access to the secrets that most successful agents hoard to themselves grow and prosper in today's competitive real estate environment? That's the question. And this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Pat Hyben and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. And now for the review of the day, got a five-star review from Justin Hanna, Boise, Idaho. Awesome five stars. Out of all the podcasts I listen to, this is the only review I've ever done. Pat is excellent at getting to specific details about things that really help. Great job. Keep the comments coming, guys. I love them. And remember, I eat feedback for breakfast. So give me a one-star review if you want or a five-star review if you want. I don't care. And the more reviews we get, the better guests we get. So please, subscribe first and then leave us a review or wherever you're listening. All right, Rockstar Nation, we have a great guest coming out of Loudoun County, Virginia from Pearson Smith Realty, who is absolutely crushing it. Gina Tufano is on the line and she's a first time guest and we are going to get deep into what she's doing to make a lot of money and sell a lot of houses and have an incredible life at the same time. Uh, so hold on to your seats. It's going to be great. Uh, Gina, welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Hi, Pat. Thanks for having me. Hey, Gina, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself so they get to know you better? I'm a single mom of three boys. My oldest is 24. My youngest is seven. So I am all over the map. Wow. Yep. I've been in an elementary school PTA for decades now. <laughs> Never ends, right? Uh, no, it just keeps going. Dog, cat, run a real estate team, two agents, my and two admin is the bulk of us. We have a few helpers that come in uh 1099s but there's four of us we're pretty solid i like to travel like to work like to live that's awesome so let's get some nitty-gritty like how many houses did you sell in the last 12 months we helped 84 families last year sweet and like uh, what is your eci gina your ego commission income total gross i don't have the team i only have my numbers so i have no way Okay, so like, like you're two, you have two agents. That, that I don't have her numbers. I only have mine. I was 500K. You, you okay. So how's that work? Like, like your 500K, is that, like, are you taking out your profit from them or? So it's split at the broker level. So that's my percentage of whatever she sold, but I don't have her number. So if you're looking at what the team did. Yeah, okay. So, so you get, so let's say you get, you know, 50% of what she got. That's in that 500K is what I'm getting at. Yes, that 50% is in there, but her 50% is not. So team total is not there. And what kind of splits are they on? Uh, it depends on if it's a team generated lead or from her sphere. So she's 50-50 for team generated and 75-25 from her sphere. She has no broker split on top of that. So it's only split of thing. Okay. And all right. So, you know, it could be another couple hundred thousand, right? Yeah. If she made yeah. 200. We're probably seven. Okay. And then, and then what is your profit margin? It's not good as a hence, you know, as per our budget description, 
I didn't do that number because I didn't want to ans answer the question. On the <laughs> 100K, I walked away with about 150, which is not good. So, so let me ask you, Ben, I appreciate you being candid about this because this is important for people to learn. So, right, so let's say that's, you know, 20%, right? And you're like, not that good. Well, did the two agents that work for you on your team make more money than you? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, and then, so, so talk to me about that. I mean, is that okay with you? No, not at all. This year, so we did some big changes last year, you know, about 15 months ago, we got a legit accountant. Now having a legit accountant doing all my books, doing my payroll, doing my numbers, I was getting profit and loss statements every month, which I did not want to look at. But having that data in front of me has helped throughout the year. I could see I've always flown by my intuition, not by like as long as there's money, as long as I can do what I want, we're fine. But looking at it, so at the end of the year when we sat down and I looked at some pretty big numbers of what I spend money on and that's where the whole budget came about. I'm like, I need boxes and I feel so much more powerful having limits. I feel so much more purposeful having limits and I'm super excited as to what is going to come about, you know, you can't fix what you don't know. And I didn't want to look at it. So I paid someone else to look at it. And then he pretty much forced me to look at it. And having it right there in black and white, I can't ignore it anymore. It's not well, like I, I, I like that you shared this. And I think a lot of people can learn for it. I mean, some people might say, hey, well, you know, you know, a profit is terrible on this, and she should be making more. But then I want other people to look at it and say, no, let's let's kind of learn from someone going through this process because I think all agents at some point in their career, I know I went through this two or three times in my career where I actually had to sit back and say, holy dirt, you know, I'm working all these hours and, I, I'm, and, I'm, and I'm creating this egotistical facade out there. But when you lift up and look under the hood, you know, my profit is terrible. I mean, I wrote about that in my book. There was one point where I was like agent of the quarter or something and I hadn't made a penny and uh, out of like 50 agents and I thought I was hot shit you know but it, it was all a big joke so so like what like what did you discover when you when you popped open the hood of the car which you refused to do for a, a period of time yes. what did you find I found that I tended to my intuition was okay we weren't in debt we weren't I was living the life I wanted. Everything was okay, which I think is the worst thing that you can have because if everything mm. is okay, it's not great, mm. you know? Like, mm. by not that bad means it's not that good either. And that's kind of what I found. And I saw some big gaping holes the minute I opened it. Like, like what? $55,000 in marketing, and I didn't even know. I mean, there were there were charges for $2,500. I had no idea what it was. What, like, like what? Like, yeah, well, like, give, give me some example. Like, how does that get away? Like, people listening to this might be like, well, she spent almost, you know, five grand a month. What were you spending her on? Different marketing things. I used little Bluetooth thing, uh, Bluetooth, these things that tell you when you're somewhere that I could use at open houses. I thought it was a really great idea. We got no traction off of it after three or four months, but I still had it and never canceled it. Stuff and like what that. is it? It was a little beacon, like a Bluetooth beacon. It sounds great. I love the idea. I still do. But, and it will broadcast to any nearby phone saying, hey, mine said there's an open house at with the address and a link to our marketing page. Sounds awesome, right? Spent How does it time. broadcast? It texts people around Automatically, them? yeah. If they're Bluetooth, 
their Bluetooth has to be enabled and something else has to be enabled. It hits about 40% of the people in my tests, like when I walk around the office. So it's like a spam, like all of a sudden, boom, yeah. it, it hits up. Is it a notification on the phone or is it a yep. text? It's a notification. And it says open house on 123 Umpty Ump Street. Well, mine says, Psst, there's an open house down the street. Yeah. With the address. I never way. heard of that. It's kind of like a geo field that mm -hmm. <laughs> I didn't it's know. It's awesome, isn't it? I thought it was great. I spent but a lot of money. you didn't sell on. any houses from it. Not a single one. I probably got a few listings because I was so excited about it. I told all my sellers about it. Oh, I see. And your enthusiasm came through and they're like, oh yeah, yeah that's going to work. But of course. No, it didn't work at all. It but it's What's it called? Hot. What's that thing called? Asriva, A-S-R-I-V-A, I believe. Okay. All right. What, what, and what else, what else did you blow money on? What else did I blow money on? What didn't I? Conference I didn't attend that I paid for. Ooh. Uh, yeah. Those I'm looking at right now, actually. Mm -hmm. I did. Oh, I spent $5,000 to have someone set up Facebook squeeze pages for me and yeah. the lead gen page to have somebody else do it because I didn't feel like I had the time to understand it. Mm -hmm. And I knew that it would work. So I paid the money, five grand for the setup and whatever the monthly cost is for the page and the, yeah. and great idea, right? But did I utilize, did I ever learn how to use it? No. Did I ever implement it? it well, it, they implemented it, but I didn't manage it. So it wasn't really right. You know, like it needed a little bit. I didn't manage it correctly. So that was all after a couple months. I'm like, I'm not going to keep paying for this. And it just died. Like stuff like that. That's so, my so, you know, the cool thing is that, that, like, I see a lot of agents that have this issue, right? They're not, like, hyper-vigilant on, mm -hmm. on the squirrels running around and the, and the new products. Yeah, and, and, yeah. And, and so what do you think the root of that is? It's more exciting to look at the new thing than to fix, your, to fix what you have or to do the nitty-gritty to pick up the phone and knock on a door. To, it's more exciting. Shiny you, get, you, get, you get kind of a rush. Yeah. Right? You get an endorphin hit when you buy. It's like mm -hmm. spending. It's like, why do people shop? And why do people buy stuff on the internet? You know, why do people, you know, look at constant notifications on their phones that it's are not relevant to life? Yeah. yeah. It's a distraction. It's well, that's awesome. So, so, so then you, you had a serenity now moment mm -hmm. and you hired somebody to just kind of take your books and that was scream last at you. Tell me about this. I couldn't, I knew I needed someone better than me. It's not my 20% at all. And, but I still didn't want to see it. It still took me a year and a half to do something with that information. It was at our year end review after a full solid year of having it that I was like, okay, we need to fix this. So, but during that year, I would dread the profit and loss calls. You know, when we had our calls, I would dread them. I did not want to know what I spent money on. I was more than enough happy running the business. Everything was okay. So if I wanted a new car or I wanted to do something, I'm like, oh, we'll just sell another house. And that's how I, that's no way to live. That's <laughs> just no way to live. Yeah. And, and it's delusional too, because, you know, the thing with real estate commissions is, you know, in most markets, no matter what, they're big commissions compared to, car sales or compared to computer sales or whatever else someone could be selling. So when you get a check, it's pretty fat and you're like, Hey, I'm rich. No, but afford. we have a long, we have a longer sales cycle. sales cycle. We can't do that. You know, we're not going to sell right. five houses in one day. I mean, you do every once in a while, but not really. So
So tell me about now, like t- take me to today. What, what are you doing to stay focused, stay productive, stay purposeful and stay away from the shiny objects? Teach us. It's the having the box. I am so excited. So, you know, this having a box is new to me. And so if I have $10,000 a year that I can spend on whatever, I'll look at my numbers. I'll even tell you what they are. I have an okay list. Yeah, that'd be awesome. So describe, um, explain box. What do you mean by box? I consider it a box. So the amount of money I have each year in my head, I'm kind of visual. The amount of money I have to spend on uh, Facebook ads, business cards, signs. I spent $3,500 in business cards last year. What? Who does that? What do you? you I, I, don't I, even, do that. I haven't had a business card in five years. I mean, what do you I, use business? I mean, I like the Moo cards that are really thick with all the different pictures on them, and I do hand them out and they have my kids on them, and I think it's great. And, yeah, yeah, yeah that's definitely endorphin rush because you could text, you know, somebody, you know, your card on your digital card on your iPhone now or Android too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like your and that's free. And then I know nobody loves that. I just do it to give them pictures of my kids. I think I do it to give pictures of my kids. But oh, so I drew boxes, or what I think of as boxes. So yeah. I'm allowed to spend thirty. What is this? Thirty-three fifty on logo things. Three thousand three hundred fifty dollars this year on things with my logo. So what mm, I used to do is say, "Oh, we need a giveaway. Let's oh, let's do those water bottles. Oh, let's do those wine openers. Let's get these pens. Let's." And I would just give people crap whether they wanted it or not. Right, because you think that it's quote unquote branding. Right. And so I'm like, no, I still think it's important. You know, we give out really nice pens. They're all over the community. We leave them in the post office, the nail salons. You know, people are kind of known for it. I get pictures of my pens all the time. It's, <laughs> it's a thing, right? So the pens got to stay. And then other logo things, well, we'll all, you know, we do have some branded shirts and stuff like that. So that falls in that category. But, but if I, you spend it by March 12th, then you're done for the year. Right, and I won't spend it by March 12th because I do really good with boxes. So okay. this is how much I have to spend, and I'm going to be really purposeful. Ooh, if we get that, then I can't. If we do X, I can't do Y. And now looking at it that way, instead of just thinking, oh, do we have it? Are we flush this month? Okay, buy it. That was how I did it. Yeah, hmm, that's interesting. And then, okay, so what other boxes did you draw? Okay, so last year in events, I spent $33,000. Gee whiz, events, 33,000. Yep. You know, here's, this is an interesting conversation <laughs> uh, right, right here about events about. because I've had some situations recently where I'm finding people in my world, you know, who are spending a lot of time learning, right? Like going to events, watching videos online, you know, and I run a, an online learning company, and I think it's great to learn online, but I also think that everything in moderation, including moderation, you know, I mean, like, like some people have a learning curve of three or four hours a day in learning, yeah, or, average it out, or monthly events, like they'll go to one event a month that lasts all week, and I almost think that's just like too much. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, that's not the kind of event I was talking about. I didn't. I'm sorry. I meant client oh. event. Client appreciation. Oh. oh, okay. My bad. The other way. What? Um, sorry. Sidetrack. But anyways, that's my thought. It's, a, it's an interesting concept. But go ahead. We spent nine grand on what you're talking about. Nine grand. Okay. Yeah. I thought that was kind of. And some of them you didn't go to. Well, yeah, that one. But that includes coaching and. You know, there's a bunch of us. I thought that was a reasonable. I mean, number. I think events are great. Don't get me wrong. And, and I, I attend probably one a quarter, 
but I know some people that attend, you know, one a month, and I think that's too much. But go ahead. Okay, yeah. tell me about the, the client appreciation events. $33,000. How did you fix it? Yeah. We had three big events that ate up our, we did one in the spring, one late summer, one at Christmas. They ate up a ton of time, a ton of energy, took us off our focus to get it up and running. We hired out lots of pieces of them. We decided that next year I can only spend $5,000. So suddenly I start thinking, I get creative. What can I do for $5,000 to give back to my clients? It's only going to be one event. Um, how can I hit almost all of them? You know, instead of having, I had like an adult one, a family one, a, you know, I had all this and everything had to be the best, but what can, how can I make it more purposeful? How can I make it more meaningful? If I really want to connect with my clients is which, which one of those I can draw from my experience, which one of the path things I've done in the past have worked. And I think we're just going to host one event in the summer because we did a pig roast. That was probably our it was for families, so we had the biggest attendance. We'll repeat the pig roast. We'll ditch the fancy steakhouse, you know, meal where everybody ate lobster. We're going to ditch the Christmas party. And I'll have, if there's any more money left over, if I can host the pig roast, then I want to just have one-on-one -on -one drinks, coffees, you know, meeting my, my top five clients that way. Okay. Well, that's good. That's reasonable. All right. Give me one more. What else did you, what else did you cut? My donations, which is kind of, that was bittersweet to me because I like to give, give money out, but I was spending, you know, $15,000 and it wasn't purposeful. It was just anybody who asked me to donate to anything. I said, yes, that was my role. I would say mm, yes. And you get a hundred bucks, like everybody. And that's um, a hard one too, right? Cause that's, it's kind of like the learning you got to learn and you got to, you got to go to events and you got to learn online and stuff, but you, you can't overdo it. And the same thing with charity. I mean, it's great to give, but at the same time, if you're giving, if you're making, you know, if at the end of the day, after you pay your taxes and stuff, you know, you're. Well, if I'm saying yes to everything, am I really saying yes to anything? So it's being more purposeful. If I just donate to every single person who asks, because that was my rule. My rule was, if you asked me, I said, yes, I support mm. you. So then I'm supporting things that I may or may not believe in. I don't even know what these charities are. Right, yeah, or how they're I'm run not, or, or, you know. Yeah, I'm not doing any research. Is my money doing the most good? Is it doing the best it can do? And I think that's what this whole budget experience has been for me. I am living a life that I love, but it could be so much better if I put, you know, I don't know. I feel like I make these boxes. I keep calling them boxes. I, I have a donation bucket, you know, I have $5,000. That's all I have this and year. And that's a lot. You know what I mean? You know, well, it's a third of what I was doing. A third of what but you're doing I, still. How can I do the most good with that $5,000? Suddenly my decisions will be more purposeful. I, I almost think you do one, you know, this is just me, one charity that's really close to your heart where you also volunteer, you know what I mean? So you get to know the people and understand the people and then everything else you say, no, all my money goes to X, Y, Z. Right. No, and that's the whole purpose of the boxes. So that's what we're looking at this year. Amazing read for agents who want to blow their business up. Six Steps to Seven Figures was an amazing read. Pat breaks it down into simple, actionable steps that have taken will almost guarantee seven-figure success in the real estate sales business. Couldn't recommend this enough. Wow, thank you for the awesome Amazon review, Gero215. Now, do you want to get your hands on this book for free and blow your business up? 
Here's how. Go to freesixstepsbook.com. That's free, S-I-X, stepsbook.com right now. Or simply text the word PAT to 444-999. That's text PAT to 444-999, and I'll send you a free book. So let's talk a little bit about your time management and uh, your, your going off the grid, your vacations. I know you travel yes. once a month. Yes. Like, so tell me about that. Where do you go? Why do you do this? How do you do it? So about five years ago, I had not been on a vacation in 10 years. Like in Really? Long so you were just like a typical workaholic right. real estate agent. And yeah, you've been licensed like, since 93, right? So you've got that work ethic, right? That hardcore, you know, I, I I'm started before anybody, yeah, back when dinosaurs roamed the earth and you had to learn for yourself and people covered yeah. their papers and there was no sharing and having this <laughs> was, you know. Yeah, I started in 87, so, you know, I know exactly what you mean. So, so yeah, so you came out of that, you know, era where, you know, you, you every real estate agent that was successful was a workaholic. So, so you... You, you know, you took that with you and then all of a sudden you didn't take a vacation for an entire decade. Mm-hmm. I was and then what happened? Did you have like a mental breakdown and just like serenity now, this is it. I'm taking a vacation a month. I mean, that's, that's a big shift. It happens over the course of about a year. I went on a vacation, a big two week European vacation. My first time out of the country, not counting Canada, Mexico, because you know, my first time overseas. And I'm in my mid thirties. I had never traveled. I had never been outside. I took my kids. It was a big two week trip. And I just realized that the world was so much bigger than I ever thought it was. I grew up outside of New York city. I live outside of DC. I've been in what I thought was like, you know, the center of the universe my whole life. So when I realized just how much bigger the universe was, it blew my mind. I knew I wanted to do it again. So the next year I did another two-week thing. But each two-week trip was hard. It was hard to go off the grid. It was hard to leave the business and step out for that long. It was very disruptive. And I'm like, there has to be a better way. And I started, I can't even remember the first trip, but I remember the first time I sat down in the beginning of the year. I printed out each month of the year, and I kind of planned what I call a life plan instead of a business plan. Where am I going? What am I reading? What am I learning? And how is it going to, and my, all my kids stuff is on there. I mean, I have three kids, so I was crazy, but you know, where, how is it all going to happen? When do I get to work on the business? When do I get to work on me? When do I get to have fun? And I started plugging trips in and it was so neat thinking if I can go on a trip a month. So one year I hiked the Grand Canyon. I went to Hawaii. I, I did a bucket list of the last three states of the U S so that I had been to all 50. I mean, I just started traveling and it was neat. So people would talk about a trip. I discovered all the websites to get cheap trips, and luckily, we do have a flexible schedule in real estate, so I'm not tied to specific days, and, you know, if I can fly to Chile for $300 round trip, I'm going, you know, suddenly like, oh, I don't have a trip yet in March, I'm going to go in March, and it has been amazing. I have made friends all over the world. I have, I mean, I I was with Keller Williams for the longest time and I was dropping off copies of the MREA in Greece, you know, and trying to launch an international division over there. Everything just sort of flows, getting referrals from my driver in Iceland who has a friend in California, you know, like the whole world is connected. And 
I thrive on that. That makes me so happy. And um, you, you go on these by yourself, you bring your family, like, or a mixture of them. What, what, what are you doing? It's uh, sometimes I just went to Fiji all by myself. That was a little scary. It was far away. Wow. No kidding. Um, yeah. I have a, I have a girlfriend. I travel with a lot. I take my kids when it works. My, the big age gap, I can go on trips separately. I'll take the older one. I'll take the younger one. You know, sometimes we go to Legoland and sometimes it's the old, I hike <laughs> on my oldest. So we were down hiking the Grand Canyon. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I could, yeah, I could definitely do that with a 24 year old. Yep. Oh, so, wow. but figuring and, that and out. That once a I, month, huh? Once a month. It's five days. It's easy. It really is easy. It's five days. What now, do, you do, do you do? Do you log out from your, from your phone and emails or are you checking that during these trips or what's your protocol? I usually check if I like going West because the time difference works really well. I can work like in Hawaii. It's six hours earlier than where I am. I don't adjust to the time zone that I'm traveling to. I wake up at three o'clock in the morning in Hawaii. That would be like sleeping late here, you know, cause it would be 9am in my internal clock. And I work for five, six hours until everybody wakes up. It's like working the bulk of the day in Virginia. Nobody knows I'm gone. Like it's easy. And then I have the whole rest of the day to do whatever I want. It's amazing. I love it. Hawaii is my favorite place to go to. That's awesome. That's awesome. Okay, cool. All right. So let's talk about your business a little bit, right? Like, um, you know, what percentage of your business is uh, SOI? Imagine being in business for so long, you've got a pretty large percentage, right? Yeah, we're about 85 to 90%. Really? So pretty much, you know, that's a funny thing, right? You don't need all that BS. You don't need all that crap that you spend money on because your, your business is free because it's coming from SOI. Right. Well, that's why we upped our client events. It was actually using that thinking that we massively increased our client events, our client appreciation. And I don't think I did it smart. I just did it to do it. So, yeah. but yes, no, we get a lot just from being around and doing a good job. Uh, so like, do you know how many people you have on your list? In my database? Yeah. In your database that, that might, do you mail stuff to them? Do you call them? Like, how do you stay in touch with them besides the events or is it just the events? No. So we just switched our CRM. We go through and we touch everybody on their house anniversary, on their birthday. They're all personalized. Birthdays, they get a phone call. Uh, house anniversary, they get a text. Um, there's about 7,000 people in the database, but there's about 1,500 that are in our A-list. So people that we really want to talk to. They pop up every three months for us to connect aside from their birthday and their house anniversary. And at that three months, it's whatever's going on. It's just, it's almost like one long conversation. How are the kids? What are you doing? Do you want to go out to dinner? You want to grab some coffee? Are you in town? What's going on? Um, we also have a concierge who works part-time who calls through the database. That's just her job. Instead of an ISA, because we, we did this whole client focus thing like a year and a half ago, we have her call through the database just to check in on people. She's not salesy, but we get a lot of stuff, I think, because of that. So she's like, oh, we still care about you after your transaction. How can we help? What do you need? And we find ourselves doing all sorts of you know, weird referrals from that, but what we generate is loyalty. And we just hear repeatedly like, oh, she helped me find a doctor for my mother who need, took Medicare when she moved to the area and we won't use anyone but Gina. Like those are the stories you kind of, oh, she said I had to use you because you called her six months later and helped them with their floor issue from the builder. Like that's the concierge check-in. So they get hit probably four or five, six 
Six times by the agents, at least once by the concierge. Six times by the agents, at least once by the concierge. And you have your two two buyer agents calling them, or, or tell me about that. We call whoever whoever used you. Like if they sold it, they call them. If the agent's not with what me. What about if it's you? I call them. You call them. I call okay. or text, yeah. And, then, and like you have it. <laughs> What's that? I like my people. You like your people. And so is this something you're doing every day? Pretty much. It can skip a few days. The tasks will add up. So I get my tasks every day. Our standard for the team is we have to clear them out. Every day you're not allowed to have, or the weekends you can, but you're not allowed to have overdue tasks. So, so they show up a task that just says, hey, follow up with X, Y, Z, and it has to be done by the end of the week. Well, it's supposed to be done every day. You're supposed okay. to be vegan, but we're pretty good with it. Right now we have zero tasks. Yesterday I, was, I had nine I had to catch up on. All right. So before you left, you had to call nine past clients and-, and Yep, and just right. check in. Check in, check in how you're doing. Everything yeah, okay. what's going on? Hmm. How's your new year? Yeah, the t- and the text is easy, right? I mean, the text yeah. is a no-brainer. I don't know why everybody, you know, out there isn't just massively like yeah. texting twenty-four-seven, right? Because uh-huh. it's so it's so easy, and you know, people have such trouble with the picking up the phone and calling. Well, you know, most consumers prefer text anyway. So yeah, you know, text. Uh, the text. I'll go into my tasks. So if I'm going to travel, I'll go into my t- upcoming tasks, and I'll send out all the texts. For everybody that I need to touch, and you can schedule it to go out on the right day. Like, so I'm not hitting them at, or when I'm working in Hawaii, you know, the weird time zones, I can set it to go at the right time at home. So I just sit there and do a massive check in. You know, I go through my tasks, I check in with people, I check in with the agents, how are your contracts doing? I just check in with everything, my sellers, how's it going? I can schedule all those out. So I kind of block, I chunk them. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, so 25 years in the business, let's say you're looking back right at at your at yourself 25 years ago what advice would you have to yourself now that you've been doing this 25 years and you've learned and you failed and you succeeded 25 years what would i tell myself now that was not on your list <laughs> <laughs> well let's you know it's kind of like you know our our flagship questions which is which is how how are you going to beat out other agents in today's market you know right i think i did a lot of things right. I just did them too slow. I've gotten, I run a decent business. I make, you know, I could do, everything could be done a little bit better. I was very slow in my decision making. So I am not your quick, I didn't get my license and become a top producer overnight. It took me 10 years to hire my first assistant. I was scared to death to pay someone else to take on that responsibility. I let fear hold me and hold me back. For quite some time. So I think I did it all a little bit too slow and I wish I had a little more faith in myself. I wish I was a little more willing to try because falling down, you know, isn't, you just get back up. It's, you didn't die, you know, it's okay. And I was so afraid to fail. I I moved very slowly to build the team to where it is. So I would wish I had a little more faith. A little more faith in yourself. Yep. And a little less fear. I didn't let the fear hold me back. Because ultimately, I ended up doing all those things anyway that I was afraid of. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about this since, since uh, that, that was more of a, an overall theme of the, of the 25 years, if it was one thing. But let's talk about exact, hardcore, like, I'm going to succeed and I'm a brand new agent sort of thing. Let's say that I took you, 
and I put you with nine other agents on an island. And on that island, right, there were people buying and selling houses. There were, there were, there's a lot of money flowing around. The thing with you and the other nine agents is you don't know anybody. Now, I'm going to give you each $1,000. I'm going to give you each a cell phone. I'm going to give you each a laptop. I'm going to say, okay, you guys got each, each of you guys, you all have six months. Whoever sells the house, most houses in this six-month period gets a $5 million prize. How are you going to win that $5 million prize? I loved this question, and from where I sit now, I would totally win that prize. <laughs> uh, I love that question. I would do my little research first, and I would find what sells the quickest, what has the best, like what market is primed to sell now. If they haven't moved in a long time, are they ready to go? Is there, you know, is it a small neighborhood with a move up? I would do my homework because farming is how I built my business. So I would do my homework. I would pick my farm by who I thought was not saturated by one agent. I want one that's got a whole bunch of different agents so the neighborhood's not loyal, the community's not loyal. I want a high enough turnover but not like en masse, you know, because if 20, if they typically sell 10 houses a year and they just sold 20, I don't want that neighborhood. But if they typically sell 10 houses a year and they only sold three last year, that's my neighborhood. If those three houses were three different agents, oh yeah. And then I'm going there and I'm going to teach them who I am. I'm not using that $1,000 until I get my first listing because I'm going to need it to market it. So in order to do that, I'm going to door knock. I'm going to, you know, hang out at the grocery store. I'm going to host open houses for other agents in the neighborhood. I'm going to do anything I can to get my foot in the door and get to know someone there. Once I know someone there, I'm going to see what they need. Whether or not they're a seller, I'm going to get their story. That's what I always tell my new agents. Get their story. Find out what they need. Find out how you can help them. And then you will get a raving fan, whether they use you or not, and ask for the business. New agents are afraid to ask. If you just ask, hey, do you know anyone who's looking to buy, sell, or invest in real estate today? I mean, it doesn't have to be quite that cheesy, and you don't just, that's not how right. you, hi, my name is Gina, do you know that you don't do that? <laughs> but you ask them, what's going on? How can I help you? What, you know, and then they'll say, how can I help you? What do you do? You know, you have those questions, and I, oh, I'm in real estate. Do you know anyone looking? This neighborhood's great. There, you know, there's a new listing just down the street, because I did my homework. I know the neighborhood, and I will connect myself into community in that island I will take over it and I will win your prize but I'm saving a thousand for marketing because when you get that listing you need to do it right you're not taking pictures with your cell phone you're not you're presenting they have one chance to make a good impression don't blow it for your client do it right yeah don't 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 let them fire you you know that's great you're the first person that says I'd saved a thousand dollars I do all the hard work myself and I'd saved a thousand dollars for that listing because you know, you build on a success up, not from the ground up, right? So you build from that one listing and then you get more listings because of it, because of the right. sign you put out, because of the marketing that you do on it. And how well you did it. Because really- Exactly, and how well you did it, how fast it sold. Well, how much did you know the community? Do you do your homework? Do the hard work? I don't need, so I'm looking at my list now. I don't need $3,500 for logo things. <laughs> it's, I need the money to the photography. We spent, what did we spend? Oh, this is not my new, this is my new budget. We spent a ton of money on photography. <laughs> I want my clients' houses to be portrayed as the best. My fiduciary duty is to get them the most money for their house. I do that by doing my market research, by figuring out who's going to buy it and, you know, market to that person and by presenting it in the best light getting it ready for the prom. I'm going to stage it. I'm going to take its pictures. I'm going to do it right. So that thousand dollars is all for my seller so that I can build a bigger business. And so I have more sellers. 
That's awesome. What do, you, what do you like now on the technology front for real estate agents? So the new shiny squirrel that I almost got into before I had boxes was <laughs> chatbots. <laughs> that yeah. excited me. The whole chatbot thing. Do you know the instant messengers? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we use them. Do you, don't tell me that because I'm trying not to follow the squirrel right now. Well, <laughs> no, that, I mean, it's, a, it's, it's, you know, it's just like anything else. They, they, you know, there's tons of stuff out there and you just have to pick and choose. And I think with an SOI business, like you're building an SOI business, so you probably don't need it. You know what I mean? If you're building a new business model where it's all like new business where you're buying business, the chatbots are great because they, you know, they keep in touch with a lot of people at a lot of time, but you're, you're building a different model. You're building an SOI business. I don't know if that's yeah, that started from a, a chatbot might not be the right thing for that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, See, so purposeful spending. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Stay focused on your 20%. That's awesome. Well, guys, hybendigital.com backslash Gina Tufano, and it's easy, T-U-F-A-N-O, T-U-F-A-N-O. Hybendigital.com backslash Gina Tufano. I'm going to put all of Gina's contact information. If you guys want to reach out to her, follow on social media, send her a referral, whatever, it'll all be there. Gina, this has been fun. Look forward to meeting you in person someday and uh, best of luck in all your future endeavors. And thanks so much for sharing. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Had a great convo with you and I too look forward to meeting you. Rockstar Nation. Thank you for listening to Real Estate Rockstars. Listen, I need a favor. If you find this free content helpful, if you find our downloadable items from each guest helpful please i need you to pull out your pointing finger yes the one finger that points at people and hit subscribe yes subscribe the more subscribers we get the better we look in the ratings and the easier it is to get guests like robert kiyosaki barbara corcoran all the players that are on a million dollar listing in the different cities all that stuff makes it easier the more subscribers we get. So please subscribe. And listen, there's a lot of places you can leave comments. There's a lot of places you can like. We're on Facebook. We have an Instagram page. Instagram page is I am Pat Hyben. The Facebook is Real Estate Rockstars Radio. Feel free to leave us comments there. The most popular form of commenting seems to happen on YouTube. Yes, for whatever reason, it's a very open environment. So just go to YouTube and go to Real Estate Rockstars Radio and leave us comments there. Some of them we will read on the show and we love your feedback. So thanks guys and I hope you are having a great day. Oh, and also listen, if you're going to subscribe and you haven't already left us a, a review on iTunes, please do that too. Have a great day and thanks so much, Rockstar Nation. I really appreciate you. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.